tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet robe let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only ms nikki blonsky hi what is going on oh my gosh not a whole heck of a lot <laughs> not a whole hell of a lot right you were, i mean yes it's so crazy because like you were just saying covid like it's yeah it's interesting times i was just saying like it's a miracle that my hair is done today <laughs> it's like one of the days are you are you in long island now i know you're originally from long island is that where you are now or no no i'm in la right now i moved to la back in december for a project and so i'm here but i'm originally from long island i miss it i'm not gonna lie david i miss it so much like you do? i'm such a big baby when i'm away from home yeah i have family so i'm originally grew up between like New York and Connecticut, but I have a lot of family from Roslyn or the Village of Lake Success in Great Neck, where you're from. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to plug in my headphones so the sound is better for you because I think... No, you sound, shockingly, you sound pretty good. Okay. That's probably even better. Awesome. I, so you miss Long Island when you're out in LA, really? I do. I do. It's just, I think it's because I was born and raised on the island. Like, it's just my comfort zone. It's what I know, you know, and my family's there and I'm, my family, I just, I, I'm in love with them. They're everything to me. So I miss them. And your, your, your family's still there? They're in Long Island? Yeah, they're still there. Well, you're I the just first. just literally got off FaceTime with my mom, like, 24-7. You are the first person in a very long time that's told me that they miss Long Island. So <laughs> I get it. I mean, like, listen, my family's like, I feel out of family from there. And I actually went to Hofstra Law School. So I stayed in Great Neck for a minute when I was looking for a place to live when I was at Hofstra Law School. So I'm all about the island. Oh, yeah. I've spent, I actually toured Hofstra and I was going to go to CW Post, the Long Island University. Good old CW Post. And then I got hairspray like the night before my senior prom. So I didn't go to, I didn't end up going to CW Post. I always joke and say I went to Harrisburg University instead. <laughs> well, I think you might've made the right decision. Did you always want to be an actress growing up? Like, was it ever anything else or it was just tunnel vision? Or can you remember a time when you didn't want to be an actress? No, it was always performing. It was, I mean, I was, I definitely um, like, I was well-rounded. Like I played sports. I played nine years of soft, like competitive softball. That was really fun. But like, I was never going to be an athlete. Like that wasn't the goal of like playing ball. Like it was more just like having fun. But when 
I took my singing completely different. Like that was super serious. Like I've been like, I had been vocally training since like eight years old. So I just remember like ever since then, like singing was like the only thing that I just straight ahead was like, this is what I have to do. And then when I started to get into theater, I I remember saying to my mom, I was like, but mom, she's like, what role are you going to audition for? And I was like, I'm not an actress. I'm just a singer. And that's what my mom said to me. You're not just anything. You can act if you want to act. I didn't even know that acting was like a possibility for me. And um, kind of just came with the high school experience when I got into like my high school shows. And then I was hooked. Once I did my first show and live theater, sold. I was going to say, were you that girl like that got the lead in every high school musical? I didn't intentionally like it wasn't like it was just it just worked like I remember junior year was really special like I had played um Madame Thenardier in Les Mis and that was super fun because it's such a great character role and then I remember the end of like the spring musical we did Sweeney Todd and that I played Mrs. Lovett and taking that role on I think that's when I realized okay this is serious. This isn't like a big role. This is intense. And once I realized that I could do that and got through that experience, I was like, Oh, maybe I can do this professionally. Maybe I should try it. Who knows? And so. Is that when you started going on auditions like later in high school? Well, my first audition was for Hairspray the musical. I was 16. Um, and yeah, that was my junior year of high school because I graduated when I was 17. And um, I just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a special experience. Also, my mentor was really, really imperative to like me pursuing what I wanted to do. Dr. Levy still is my mentor to this day. And I met her when I was in high school and she was our high school music teacher. And she just absolutely put me on this path for sure. And your first audition was what, like the Broadway play Hairspray or like, it, yes. yeah, it was wow. for the Broadway musical. Um, and I remember I was so heartbroken, David. They told me I was too young. I was like, what do you mean I'm too young? I'm 16. Tracy's 16. Like it just didn't make sense in my head that, you know, they can hire older people for Broadway because it's live theater. It's, but I will tell you, I was devastated, but everything has a way of working out. My grandmother always told me everything happens for a reason. And she was absolutely right. Because a year later, I just had like this, I don't know, call it my like pushy New Yorker way about me. But I just like, I don't take no very easily. Like, I'm just like, okay, you can tell me no, but I'm going to come back next year and just audition again. Like that was my mentality. And I went on the Broadway show website and when I was 17, my 17th birthday, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I'm 17 now, maybe a year, it'll change, maybe. And it said, we're casting the movie. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh boy. And so, yeah, I remember it said, don't send in an audition tape. I sent in an audition tape. You know, I was really good at following the rules. (laughs) Did you get a call, like you got a call from sending in the audition tape? No, I actually went on the open call auditions in New York, and um, but I had no idea that they had already seen my tape, and um, they had, they knew who I was or knew that I was this girl from Long Island, and yeah, it was it was a magical experience. It truly was. It was. 
I mean, it was my senior year of high school too. And I was getting ready, like everybody were all getting ready to graduate and like go on to our own paths. And I had no idea that this was my, my future. How was the, so you sent it in, it was ignored. Like what happened on the audition? Like you show up and I imagine, I mean, like, was it a line or is it like you have an audition time? How does that work? Uh, well, there was, I remember there being a massive line. Like there's actually, there's a behind the scenes of the search for Tracy. I think it's on the DVD extras and they show the line in New York City. I mean, you could wrap around Times Square like a couple. It was insane, insane. So many girls auditioning. And when I found out, because they did, after Adam Shankman, our director told us like, look, I, I did. Uh, international search he's like we went to every english-speaking country he's like i was like well how many girls exactly did you see like i was just curious he said i saw over seven thousand girls and i was like what and you picked wow. me and he still tells me this day he was like yep it was the girl in the green shirt and yeah that was me i was the girl in the green shirt so you show up, there's a long line. Now it's kind of your first, one of your first auditions. I mean, other than you just stand there and wait, you don't say like, I'm going to wait, but what's the point of this? Like, there's no chance. No, I just, I had, I just remember having such hope and faith and my mom was with me. So it was like, my mom totally believed that I could do this. You know, it's like when you have the support of a parent and like somebody who's, you know, literally it's their job to guide you through life. And they're telling you, you can do anything you put your mind to. If you want to audition for this movie, go for it. Like I definitely would not have been able to do it without the guidance and support of my parents. Like, because most people, when they hear your kid wants to be an actor, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. But my parents were like, go. They they were like, experience it, you know, whatever you want to be. They were happy if I wanted to be an actor, if I wanted to become a nurse or a psychologist, whatever. Like, if as long as it was fueling my passion. And my mom just saw at those auditions, I was just living my best life and just having the best time. Well, honey, I am a nice Jewish girl from Connecticut, and my parents were like, box A is law school, hence Hofstra Law School. Box yeah. B is med school. And box C is you can pay for your own college or <laughs> whatever you want. But there's yeah. med school or law school, so you figure that out, sweetheart, and get back to us. You go left or right. And yes. Exactly. So if I told my parents I wanted to be an actor, yes, they would have... I don't know what would have happened. Now, obviously, <laughs> I do as I please, but it was a roundabout way. So I support anyone's parents that, you know, support them for the arts. Did your mother go on the audition with you? Yeah, my mom, she came to the audition right with me. And she was there for filming because um, I was 17 when we started filming Hairspray. So I was technically still a minor. And my mom, you know, I needed a legal guardian and she came with me. But I remember they said to me, well, on my 18th birthday, they said, your mom can go home now. I said, no, she can't. I said, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> I was like, you're seeing me through this, mom. We're finishing this movie together. My mom was there every single day on set. Um, wow. And what's great about my mom is she's not a set mom. Like she's not like, you know, a momager. She would just hang in the back you know, with the dancers and 
Then we went on a world tour together and released the movie and she came with me. And that was like the coolest experience to go see the world now with my mom. So backing up. So you, you're in the line, she's there, you finally get to your turn. And then what? Like you audition and you... I remember I was seeing the same faces. I got to know the casting directors, David Rubin and Richard Hicks. I'll never forget. Um, and I, I noticed I was seeing them at every, you know, callback. I got a callback and then I got another callback and I just kept. So after a couple of callbacks, then it got down to the callbacks in Baltimore. And they called a bunch of girls to a dance audition. I had no idea it was a dance audition. I'm not a dancer. I never danced a day in my life before Hairspray. And, and how many people at this point? Was it like you were now down to like the top 50, the top 10? Just curious. In this group of girls, it, I think there was like, I think there was like seven or eight of us at this point. Like they were just, they had, were just seeing a certain amount of us at a time. So I don't know how right. many girls it was down to, but it was definitely like the top 20 at this point. And huh. then I made it to the top four. It was the, um, the, the final big screen test out here in LA. And um, I remember they called me and they said, you got a screen test. We're going to fly you to LA. And I was like, what? Like, I couldn't. They said, you made it to the top four. There's four of you, four final girls. And um, I came out here. They put me in full Tracy hair and makeup. They cut my hair. I remember just like, I was just having the best time. They were like, can we tweeze your eyebrows? Can we cut your hair? I said, do whatever you want. I just, I was having such an amazing time. Got out on the soundstage did the big screen test in front of the producers, the director, choreographer. And I just remember just literally, I, I had a feeling when I just let it all out. I just let it all go. I let it all on the, I left it all on that soundstage. And I said, there's nothing else I could do from here on out. Like I performed, I did everything. And I came back home to Long Island and I waited and I waited, and I waited, and then they called. Every time a 310 number from California would call, like, I would be fumbling my cell phone, and we picked it up, and they said, we want to do a behind the scenes with each of the four final girls. This was, this was a lie. I had no idea that they had decided it was me at this point, and they said, we want to get behind the scenes footage. They said, so for you, we'd like to come to your job. I was working at a Cold Stone Creamery, an ice cream store at the time. And they said, so we'd like to get footage of you in your natural environment. I said, well, come on down. So they came to Long Island. They sent a camera crew. And that's the tape that ended up making it onto the internet of they came to my job. And the night before my senior prom told me that I, it was me. Did you... I mean, I know you didn't know, but like... Did I leave you, my body? Yes. <laughs> well, well, like even before that, like when it's like seven girls dancing, even though you didn't know how, like, could you just tell or no? And you don't have to say yes. Like I, I knew I was destined for this, like, because I wouldn't be able to. I'm the type that I just, I, I'm confident and I work and I'm confident in my abilities and I know kind of when something's going to work out. But just like as a defense mechanism, I always expect the worst from right. pretty much everyone in human society in any capacity. So I would well, just be like, just don't go there, David. Shut the fuck up. 
it's been a great experience and like, you know, you learn something and this, this is not real. I mean, I knew it was going to be an experience. Whatever that experience was, I was just ready to have it, whether it was just going to be, you know, the audition process and that was going to train me for my future, you know, and just give me that, you know, launching pad. I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea. I was confident in my abilities to sing the songs because I just, I, I trained so hard for these auditions. Like, I just remember I would sit there every single night, even when I wasn't like auditioning. And it was just, I was still just rehearsing the songs as if, you know, just because I was like, felt so good to sing them. But I was just, I very, I felt, I felt confident that there was a part of me that aligned with Tracy for sure. And I mean, I think it was very much this, the 16 year old girl with the dream, you know? Yeah. Very similar. We, you know, she just wanted to perform and that's all I really wanted to do. And then you left your body when they're like, you are in a major motion picture with Adam Shankman. Congratulations. It was literally, you can't, it's so crazy that it's captured on film because it's literally the second my life changed is captured for like eternity. And I watch it back sometimes and I get teared up watching it because I'm just like, it's still, here we are 14 years later and it's still unfathomable that this actually happened. And I say to my, I say to my best friend all the time, whose life is this? Like, what is going on? How is this even possible? But, um, I get it. Yeah. yeah, It's cause you just, you know, you grow up and you, you see people on TV, but you, like you have aspirations of doing that, but it just seems so much bigger than you. And then I had no idea that this was the way it was going to go. And then when you get this, when this moment happens, is it like, you know, cause this is where my mind would go. Is it like, I really want to work and this could give me a career or does the other stuff come into it? Like, you know, well, I'm going to get paid for this be rich this could lead to three movies I could you know buy whatever I mean that has to be part of it now I remember I just wanted a career like I I I, it's so funny because everybody thinks like you know you do a big movie and you walk away with a massive payday I don't think that because this is what I do for a living and I speak to stuff so I don't and I know how it works but yes before I grew up in this world and realized it all. And like, I do a lot of like reality TV people. So I got, I'm the opposite. I, but I agree with you. People think you're in one movie and you are having dinner with Angelina Jolie tonight. Right. No, that was definitely not <laughs> There's how different I, levels of fame people, but I get There it. are massive different levels to fame. And it just, it, you know, it just now that I've had some time in the business, it just cracks me up. Cause I just, I know how to handle you know, certain people, I'm like, look, it's not what you think, but if you want to believe the hype, right. you want to, if you want to buy into it, if you want to create a story in your brain, I can't stop you. But totally. um, for me, it was more so just about the career. I wanted, you know, it was, I saw the magnitude that Tracy had and, you know, that she left people with. She, and I think for me, I wanted to have a career that, I lived up to her, but also took my own path. And I think the past few years, I've really been getting into, you know, 
what my career means to me, you know, and that's now taking on different hats as writer, producer, like different things, not just staying in my one lane that I thought I was going to be in forever. True. So did you know, did you watch like the original, like, were you a huge, like, were you a huge, I mean, like, I know you, yeah, you were a huge John Waters fan. Like you, like you knew Tracy, you're like, I got it. I, so I was, I grew up uh, like obsessed with Ricky Lake, looked up to her, like I'm talking her talk show. Like, and then of course I had seen Hairspray, like the original 88 version with her and Divine and Jerry Stiller. And I was just taken. Debbie Harry. Obsessed, like just totally in love with it. And then when I saw the Broadway musical for my 15th birthday, and I was like, the minute I heard, oh, 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 that was it. The curtains opened, Tracy was there, and I was just, I felt like I was staring at myself. Like I was, I was watching the entire show, and I remember sitting there with my mom, and I said to her, I was like, Mom, that's me. I was like, I can do that. And it was just, it was very apparent in that theater that day that, like, that's when I realized, oh my gosh, there's a character, Tracy Turnblad, but she sings. And like, so it was just when they did the musical and they did the movie and they, you know, it just really, it felt special. What, like, did you know when you got, when your life changed in that minute, like, did you know all the people attached to this movie? Do you have any, any idea? <laughs> That's what was so insane. I remember them saying to me, um, like people who were there at the time with the camera crew, they said, and it was, they had producers from New Line Cinema who came. I didn't even know, like I was making ice cream sundaes for producers from New Line Cinema, no clue. And um, they said to me, they said, can we tell you who your cast is going to be? I was like, please, please tell me, like I'm crying. And they said, well, they said, your best friend is going to be Amanda Bynes. I'm like, what? I grew up loving the Amanda show, loving all that. Like she's comedic genius. What I like about you with Jenny Garth, that show with Amanda Bynes, that was a great, such a good classic, show. classic, classic TV. And so I was just, I heard her name and I was like, <gasps> and then it, it just kept going on. They said, and Motormouth Mabel is going to be Queen Latifah. And I'm like, what? Like, no, 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 no. Like I, I grew up loving Queen Latifah. She's always been a huge inspiration and idol of mine. And I was like, now I'm going to meet her and work with her. Like, this is insane. And then they looked at me and said, but, or, okay, we're going to tell you who your mom is going to be now. And I said, okay. And they looked at me and they said, Tom Travolta. And I remember just like my heart, just like, <gasps> because I had been my favorite movie ever. Saturday Night Fever. Ooh, I I was I see my mind just goes to Greece. It just goes to Greece. I Saturday Night Fever is a good one too. It is. I mean, obsessed with Saturday Night Fever. Obsessed with Greece growing up, and I was just in shock. I was like, no way. And then, of course, we got on set and just meeting him, meeting Queen, meeting man, everybody. It was just it still feels like an outer body experience. I was like, there's no way that that really happened, but it did. Did they like, like who, did they take you under their wing? Did they try to give you like advice of like, you know, let us teach you something about making a movie or, you know, not that you needed it. I mean, you didn't know what you were doing, but you were Oh, hired. I was, 
I walked onto that set a sponge. I was like, I want to learn as much from everybody as possible. I'm like, you can learn, you know, from this actor, from this AD, from this producer, from, you know, I just, I wanted to take up the whole experience, take it in. And I learned from every single person on that set. Like everybody taught me a lesson that I, you know, carry with me, whether it be, you know, auditions or what I want to do with my future, how to develop a project. I mean, these people are, you know, John is still very much in my life and he's been a great source of, you know, advice for me. And he's, he's very much been a huge part of my life. And for me, while Hairspray was the best experience ever, my relationship with him that I take away from Hairspray is the greatest gift. Is he the person like you're the closest with from that whole experience? Yeah. Really? Well, even you had the most scenes, I guess, or plenty of scenes. Yeah, we had we had an amazing time. It it was just so much fun dancing and singing with him. What is like during that time or just in general, like the best piece of advice he gave you, like on the business or whatever? He looked at me one day and he said, always stay true to who you are. Don't change Nikki for anybody or for this business. Always remain true to who you are. And that is something that has taken, you know, just meant so much to me because in the times where I go, am I doing, am I doing, am I in the right business? Am I, you know, when I'm questioning, when I'm doing that typical, you know, thing that we all do, playing devil's advocate in our own brain, I then all of a sudden hear John telling me, no, stay true to who you are, you know, and do what makes you happy. And this, you know, this business makes me very happy. I mean, just performing and just being creative makes me happy. And that's probably a hard thing to remember, you know, like with all the rejection in the business, you know, you try to say like, oh, well, like maybe I should do this for this part or act a little, you know, like whatever. I remember or if I was only whatever, you know, I could see that. There was, I was. I was involved with a project at one point and I remember I backed away from it. Um, I left it because I was not comfortable. Like they added a nude scene and I was just not comfortable, like for no reason. And um, I left the project and it just, because it didn't feel true to me and it didn't, I wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like it was the right path for me. And so I remember that was when those words of advice really came into play, like follow your heart, be true to who you are, you know, and make sure that you're always, you know, playing roles that you'd be proud of. Is that project some major movie or TV show that we all know of today? Absolutely not. (laughs) Just wondering if, you know, you were in the mix for Riverdale or something that became um, something. No, 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 no. I mean, um, not that there would be a nude scene on, you know, public TV, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think this was more like, the people were just trying to be like, get my first, you know, nude scene or have that for the plug of the movie. And I was like, absolutely not. It doesn't make sense. There's no point. In it. I know I see what you're doing here and I'm not about this game at all. Clickbait in the form of a nude scene. Exactly. And I, it wasn't, I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't. And now that I am producing, working on my own stuff, you know, you realize what stuff makes sense. And I'm just like, I'm glad I, I stuck I to your guns. Did a do and stuck to my guns. Exactly. 
if there's ever been a year to make the dads in your life feel loved and appreciated on Father's Day, this is the one. My father lives close by in Connecticut. I'm in New York City, but he's in a high risk category. So it's really up to this point been so hard for me to see my father. And that's why this year I'm honoring him with a heartfelt, sentimental gift that the whole family can enjoy and cherish together. StoryWorth. They're an online service that helps your dad, grandfather, father-in-law, every father figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal experience. It's a fun new way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person like me and my father. Now, StoryWorth is going to email your father a different story prompt every week. Questions like, what's your biggest accomplishment in life? What are you proudest of? What don't I know about you? StoryWorth has really helped numerous families learn so much about each other in profound ways. And listen, I'm not an emotional person, but reading the StoryWorth testament testimonials has brought tears to my eyes. And that's what I love about StoryWorth. I mean, personally, because I'm not really touchy-feely, it's helped me ask my father questions through this process that I've kind of wanted to ask him my whole life. Listen, there's no shortage of supplies when reading these stories. And at the end of one year, StoryWorth is going to compile all of your dad's stories, including photos in a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So you're going to get this great keepsake book for free. Now, give your dad or the father figure in your life the most meaningful gift this Father's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash velvet. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's right, storyworth.com slash velvet for $10 off. It's a great way to bring your family together, especially at this Father's Day time. Storyworth.com slash velvet. And if you go there, you will get $10 off your first purchase. Enjoy. Who did you bond with? Like, did you bond with like Amanda Bynes or like Zach Efron? Yeah. The, the, yes. the, the god that is Zach Efron or like Michelle Zeus Pfeiffer. himself. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I, I like need a moment. You with Zac can. Efron. I get asked daily, like at least like four times a day. And it's great because I love talking about him. He's a sweetheart. And I'm just, I'm very proud of him. He's an amazing human. Um, we bonded definitely. We were on set together all the time. Um, Elijah Kelly and I became super close. Um, we were constantly together. Um, Amanda and I, Brittany Snow, I adore just everybody. Like it, we all had such a different working experience together because, you know, you get all these personalities in a room and, and everybody is just, they were just incredible. And they all became, we all became a huge, massive family. Like all, see, that's the thing is like, I tell people the fun that you had watching it, we had like four times that like 400 million times that much fun making it. I can like, imagine. Just the best time. What do people usually want to ask you about Zac Efron? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. 
Oh my God. It's, well, it's obviously always the kiss. Always, always, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know. I mean, um, I take it you didn't mind that. No, but you know what I do mind is everybody that I've dated <laughs> since they're like, like, I can't tell you. They're like, but you, you kiss Zac Efron. I'm like, don't seize up on me now. I don't care that I kiss Zac Efron. This is my real life. I'm trying to date you. Kiss me. Mean it. Like, like that was a movie. I'm like, that was a movie. It's not my regular life. So it's like, I feel sometimes I'm like, you know, people who, you know, I'm dating. I'm like, just don't, don't fall into the asking me about like, don't ask about (laughs) and you had Michelle Pfeiffer, which I mean, is it, it's true, right? Didn't John Travolta go after Michelle Pfeiffer for this or they wanted her because of the whole Grease 2? Oh, I have no idea about that. I swear. I think that's the irony or uh, that I, I I read that somewhere. I could be making that up, but I swear I read it somewhere. Did you there see Grease too? I love oh, Grease too. Yeah. It's I great music. I just sent my friend a um, a gif of Michelle Pfeiffer singing "Cool Rider" the other day. It's literally I mean, the best song on the whole the whole thing. I mean, they're all good, but like it's just she a good sang one. like two seconds of it. I remember one day she was talking about it, um, and I was just like she was talking to John about it. So I'm literally watching Danny Zuko talk to Michelle Pfeiffer about Grease, the most iconic movie musical like ever. And I'm like, what, this is insane. And she started to go into a little bit of Cool Rider. And I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to like die right here, right now. Did you ever talk to Michelle Pfeiffer about it? Because I mean, listen, a lot of people, you know, it got panned and all, but it's great. She never, did you ever say, hey, Oh, no. I mean, she, she was just, just to work with her. I mean, you, when you do a scene with Michelle, like when we filmed um, Tracy's audition scene during Miss Baltimore Crabs, I remember just like her literally taking my breath away with her performance. Like she was the perfect Velma and she just, she was the sweetest. Every time they would yell, cut, you know, she would look at me and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to be so mean to you. I was like, trust me, if I, if there's anybody that's going to be mean to me in this world, please let it be you. I'll take Michelle Pfeiffer being mean to me all day long. It's Evan. You're like all day. Well, she must not mind Grace too, if she's singing Cool Rider. It was, I, I, she was just so cool. She's the coolest rider of all. What's something about like John Travolta that would like shock us? He's he's super tall. I'm really short. So I think that's what was so interesting was when I was filming with him and Christopher Walken, like they're both like John's, I think like six, three or six, four. And Chris is like six foot tall. I'm four foot 10. So I was the one that was constantly, they were constantly putting me on Apple boxes um, to be in the same frame. It was really funny. I I met him because not in 2019, he and Olivia Newton-John did three nights in Florida. And yes, I, yes. before COVID, I would get on planes and just live my life. And I was like, I need to go. How I didn't read. Well, here's the thing. I didn't read the fine print when I bought these tickets. So it was in Florida for three nights. So I just like, I'll just go all three nights. Like, listen, yeah. it's a once in a lifetime thing where it's like John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Like there was that option to go and meet them. I mean, I already met her, but like, you know, just get your picture. So I'm just like, I'm just going to go all three nights. What's, what's 
the big deal. I'll be in Florida. It's December. And I was, I don't read the fine print when I bought these tickets, which were non-refundable that it was three different locations in Florida. I thought it was, you know, like a, like a, like a mini residency for three nights. I literally like flew from here to like West Palm beach, West Palm beach. I I mean, like once I bought the tickets, I'm like, all right, just deal with it. You're already in knee deep. And it was like Jacksonville. (laughs) Like we're talking some of, I forgot wherever, but it was like in the middle of nowhere in Florida. And I just was like, I'm going to go all three nights. And it was great. I mean, it really was great. You know, it was like a sing along and then like to meet them and like, Listen, to get a picture sitting between John Travolta and, and they were dressed like John Travolta was, they were dressed as, so I was just like, Oh, no, I saw the pictures. Yeah. I'll, 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 I like, follow my mom on. on Instagram. I follow my mom. I see what John's up to. <laughs> I it was, was, it was so awesome to see them like step back into those roles. And like, you know, it kind of gave me hope for the future. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe Zach and I will do that in 20 years. <laughs> I think so. What about like, could you tell, I mean, I love her. I love what I like about you, but could you tell like with Amanda Bynes, you know, there was only one movie after this before all of the other stuff happened. Like, could you tell she was going no, through I'm, something? No. Um, that was, I mean, working with Amanda and I think, Growing up with her shows and just loving her um, and then working with her and getting to know like the sweet, amazing human um, that was behind like these brilliant characters that she created. I mean, you just look like how many kids have their own TV show at 10 and like are just nailing it comedically every week, like without fail. Um, So, you know, I definitely have looked up to her an immense amount and working with her has been nothing but just short of an amazing experience. And it's a lot of pressure to like have your own show at 10 and have to deliver. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, at 10, I was literally playing softball and, you know, doing like my little Long Island stuff. I had, I had no idea that Hol- I knew Hollywood was here, but I wasn't a part of it at that point. Like, do you think that's the biggest misconception, like we kind of alluded to, like of the business that people think, you know, it's fun. I mean, it is fun. It is a great business, but you work like a dog. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, that's what I learned on Hairspray is people would say to me, you know, after I had the experience and, you know, my mom reminded me of this the other day. She was like, don't let anybody, you know, dumb down. Like, she's like, you put in a lot of work, Nikki. She's like, I sat there and watched you film 18 hour days. She's like, when everybody else went home for the holidays, you were on set. And it's true. And, um, you know, and I wouldn't have had it any other way, but it's just like, a ton of work goes into it. Many, many hours, you know, you're away from your family. So it's like, there are pros and cons to everything. Um, and, but I just, there were no cons with making hairspray. I was like, it was just, I was all pros. So I'm very lucky. You're like, I don't mind all this hard work. No, because I, I, at that point, like I was saying earlier, like I had been training for roles like Mrs. Lovett and Carmen and the opera Carmen. And so I had been like, you know, really rehearsing and my theater muscle was really going and my mentor, we would rehearse every single day. So by the time I got hairspray, I was just, I was, I was ready. I was ready to go. <laughs> I was just, yeah. You're like, I'll just, work as, 
do you think, like, could you see how, I mean, this is not necessarily regarding Amanda Bynes, like you think like Brittany, like Lindsay Lohan, like everyone that's had a moment, like, could you see how like this business could, you know, if you start at a young age, it's a lot. I mean, I started at 17, so I can only speak from my personal experience. And I know that coming in at 17, when you're at like that mid, you're almost an adult, but you're still not a kid, but you're like, you know, it's that 17 year. You're not 18 yet. You're not, you know. So um, for me, it was, it was an intense time, but I was, I was ready. I, you know, I mean, who knows if I would have gotten into the business sooner. I don't know if I would have had a different experience, but I don't think that, um, I think it's, I think it's situational. I think it has to do with everybody's personal experience with the business. It's like, it's like life, you know? Yeah. It's, it's depends on everybody's own personal path and, you know, Hollywood can be great for some people and it, it depends on just what works for you. It's not for everybody. Well, I imagine you met Ricky Lake through all of this. Oh, yeah. And Ricky, I remember um, we were on set, and they didn't tell me that she was there. And she was Did they the know that you were, like, a huge Ricky Lake super fan? They knew that I was, like, a crazy Ricky Lake fan, and um, so sorry. <laughs> no, I can't. I can hear, like, a dog or something. I can hear, like, either a person or a dog. One of those two things. The vacuum. I'm just going to shut the door. Hold on it's, one it's, second. It's fine. Okay. I just wanted to. That's fine. That's fine. So where were we? I apologize. About Ricky and like you were a huge Ricky Lake fan. So yeah, I was a massive Ricky Lake fan and they didn't tell me that she was in the hair trailer. And I went one day, I was on set and they said, oh, go into the hair trailer. You know, your Jenny wants to touch up your hair. The girl who did my wigs. And I went in there and I opened the door and who was sitting right there but Ricky Lake. And this is the only time I've ever done this in my entire life. I looked at her and I just went, and I shut the door and I walked away. I walked back to my trailer. I was just, and the AD was like, where are you going? I said, oh no, 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 no. I said, I can't do this. No, that's Ricky Lake. Like that's the original Tracy. Like, I was so nervous. And they said, go back in there. She's dying to meet you. And I was like, she's dying to meet me. Yeah, I, like, this is insane. This is unreal. And she gave me the biggest hug. I'll never forget. I tell her to this day, I'm like, I literally remember what you were wearing. You were wearing a, gr- a green V-neck sweater. I'm like, that's how much of a moment this was in my life. What was she doing there? Just observing or? No, she was. So this is when she was filming her cameo at the okay. end, like her and Mark Shaman and Adam right. Shaman and Scott Whitman, they pan to them and they're the William Morris agents that are there to see Link. Um, and so she was playing one of them and I was just like, oh my gosh. And she just told me about her experience on the film in, in 88 and then I told her that I was born in 88 and she just looked at me like, oh my God, why did you say that? And then I said to myself, why did you say that? She's just like, okay, I don't want to hear that. Well, because now I have, I have kids coming up to me saying, oh, I was born the year hairspray came. I'm like, what? 
Right. Don't You're like, that's the last thing that I want to hear. Again. I'm like, don't say that to me again. But it's just, it's awesome to see it. You know, every generation I feel like discovers it. And I'm, I, that's really cool. Did you ever meet Debbie Harry? No, but I'm a huge, huge fan. I've, I mean, I've met her just from like going to shows and yeah, I mean, Debbie Harry's everything. I mean, one of my favorite people that I worked with that was in the original Hairspray in 88 and then was on our movie was Jerry Stiller, the late great Jerry Stiller, who was Wilbur in the original movie. And then he came back to play Mr. Pinky in our movie. And just to work with him and have that experience, you know, as a New Yorker, he's a legendary, like New York actor. He's a legend. It, that was that was a major moment for me working with him. Like it it was incredible. He's a legend. So after hairspray, it's over. Like amazing. Then you're on a tour of the world with your mother promoting the movie and <laughs> others. So that's got to be like amazing. Like when you're like, did you travel with like everybody, or you all just did your own press? So it was. I remember. Um, we started in London and then we came back to the States and did everything stateside. And then, um, then Zach and I did an international tour. Zach and I were together for the entire tour. We did every stop together. Um, the junkets, all the press junkets, we just had an awesome time. It was so cool to sit there and talk about this experience that we had together, relive those moments. But now we're making new memories. We're like in Japan and we're in, you know, Switzerland. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just a year ago. I was in high school and now I'm at, you know, the Lugano Film Festival. And like, it, it was just mind blowing to me that this was actually going on and I was seeing the world because I knew, you know, I grew up middle class. Like we didn't travel a ton. Like I had been on a plane once before my hairspray audition once to Florida. So like LA was my first big, big trip for the movie. And so then touring the world, seeing the world and, you know, it was the best way to travel and see the world. And just because we were also, you know, premiering a movie that we were so proud of and, you know, happy to put out there. Did anyone like either John or like Adam Shankman give you advice of like, you know, you are, I mean, it's, it's an ensemble cast. Okay. But like technically like you're the star of the show and like you have no media training. And I'm, let me tell you, people come on this podcast all the time and we get national headlines they, they know what they're doing, but like the media is, you know, we're not always to be trusted here, Nikki. <laughs> so how is it that you're traveling all over the world and being asked all these questions? Like there's so many things you could say that are not the right thing to say. It goes back to, you know, what John said, remaining true to who I, who I am. And I just knew that if I was like, well, if you just tell the truth and, you know, amazing experience you just had and I was like if you just tell the truth like you know they can't get you for telling what are they gonna tell like be angry at you for telling the truth no um so that's kind of how I've always looked at my approach with the media and the press is like I'm super open with them and like I know but I do know you know 
I know the ways in which it works. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like at that <laughs> I point- I learned like, very is, quickly. Yeah, like it's a national platform. Like you're with Zach Efron talking about like your experiences with John Travolta and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, you know, those, I see like 12,000 headlines in that one sentence right there. But you just kind of knew what to do. I just, I just, again, was just like, being Nikki, being Nikki, but while playing Tracy, like you just, it, we, like I said, we're two of a kind, really, you know, um, we definitely are two peas in a pod, her and I, and that's why I think it was so, you know, that's why it's still like, whenever I sing the songs, like I can tap into my inner Tracy anytime, you know? What about because when- it's just that, like, that it's in still you. that 16 year old girl with the dream is always going to be inside of me. Well, that's not a bad thing. No, no. I think you have to remain young at heart. You have to remain hungry and you have to know why you got into this business in the first place. And like we talked about, it's it, for me, it was, I knew that I wanted a career after Hairspray. Like I just didn't want to do one. And, you know, people over the course of the years have been like, oh, well, you just did one movie. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I've done several movies but the thing is it's not about for me how big of a movie it is how much of a budget it has for me it's about the quality of the work and the characters and what I'm portraying and putting out there into the world with my art did you so when all that went away and then you know you were on to your next project to find work did you go through that like okay I'm depressed like where are all my friends like it was it was an adjustment period. Um, I learned that while I had just had this amazing experience, I knew that it wasn't going to last forever. And I knew that I had to move on and do other projects. And while I did, Hairspray is still the one that just, you know, holds such, such a deep place in my heart because it was just every single day, which is more magical than the next. It was like literally going to like Disney World every day. And it just got better and better and better. Well, it was a great movie. It's a great story. What about, did you find it like hard to find parts after that? Like, did you get, were you typecast? Oh my gosh, I was totally typecast. I was put in a box only, and I still feel this way, that I'm only really called into audition for things when people want like the happy go lucky plus size girl. Like I'm so much more than that. I can do so much more than that. I'm capable of so much more than that. Like, let me audition, let me try things. And that's when I started really the past couple of years, just adapting projects of my own because I was like, guess what? If the business is not going to let me audition for these roles or give me meatier projects, then I'm going to create them for myself. Is that what it became? You're just like, I'm going to go and create my own opportunities. Yeah, I didn't see a massive, you know, I wasn't auditioning as much as I wanted to. And, um, and I, you know, it was hard, you know, seeing other people that I had worked with go on to other things. And I was like, but I'm so stuck. Why, why, why? And I realized that I also had to get out of my own way a little bit and realize that I'm not Tracy. While we're very similar, I have to do what makes me happy and I have to live my life for Nikki. And, you know. How real, I mean, it was real that there was going to be a hairspray too, right? It was pretty real for a while. Uh, yeah, they, they had talked about it. Um, 
I have no idea. And then it just went away. <laughs> so, you know, uh, like with anything in this business, I take it as it comes. And, yeah, you know, if they were to do a hairspray too, of course, um, let's go. You're there. No, but I think that's too, like a misconception. Like if people aren't in the business, you know, they think like, well, just pick up the phone, go call mom, go call John Travolta. He'll throw you in something. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Nor would you call, you know. Right. Because I, my thing with roles is I want to get roles because I put out an amazing audition. I worked really hard and I deserve it. And the people that are working on it believe in me and believe in what the character that I'm portraying. So it's like, I want to be there because people want me to be there. You know, like I want to be hired for the right reasons. You don't want, I I feel like anything worth having is worth working for. It's worth putting in the endless hours of dance and, and singing and just, it's worth it all in the end because when it's you up there and you know that you're in every frame Every inch, every frame of that movie is your work and you put like that product out there. You can, I can rest a little bit easier at night knowing that I, you know, I did everything possible to make Tracy as, as fun as she was for me and for her and for everybody else. So what projects now are you working on? Like, are you happy that you've kind of taken control of the business and are kind of doing your own thing? It's yeah, I'm it's not that I'm taking control of the business. I'm taking control of my business. Yours, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm super happy, you know, but I'm also, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. She's um, a massive character to live up to every single day. Um, yeah. You know, like if I'm not having a really happy day or, you know, feeling kind of crappy, like I'll never forget one time I was, Oh, I was going through airport security. I was like boarding a plane. I was, and this woman says to me, she's like, oh my God, I love the movie. She goes, but are you okay? And I said, yeah, why? And like, literally we're pushing all of our stuff through, like, you know, um, we're going, and she goes, cause you, you just, you're not like, you know, singing. And I said, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. I said, but I don't like just like I don't wake sing up and Force. sing yeah. every day. I said, I don't like wake up and, you know, bounce down to the refrigerator and like sing a song. And I was like, you know, that, that's not real life. It doesn't like, work like that. Movie. I said, you know, I said, we all, um, I said, we're, we're in the airport. So, you know, I said, I'm literally being like frisked. So I'm not gonna, you know, put on a performance. Um, so I feel like, you know, that's been a really big learning curve for me is, you know, after Hairspray, just being Nikki and being okay with being Nikki, you know, and realizing I'm never going to be Tracy to expect myself to live up to that level of energy. I mean, just imagine it's no, it's not. <laughs> like, I, I can't even imagine all day long. Like it's just not humanly possible folks. I hate to tell you. Is it hard, like, when fans come up and they're like, oh, my God, I want a picture, you know, and you're just having a day? Oh, I mean, I live for those encounters because I know what a big impact Tracy had on me growing up. She was really the first plus-size character that I saw as a lead taking charge and, you know, playing this big role. And... 
So I knew that she, I know what she means to people. And I just Mm -hmm. feel so honored to have been given the chance to play her and, you know, be that for people. And the fact that they just watch it and they love it and they approach me or come up to me, I'm, I enjoy those moments the most when they tell me, you know, what Tracy means to them and what the whole hairspray thing is meant to them and just to be a part of their lives and just to, the fact that they still 14 years later welcome the movie into their home, you know, it means the world to us. Do you think the business has changed? You know, like there are more parts now for plus size or, you know, like you always hear, at least I always hear of like, oh, you know, that part was written for, you know, a white, a white man. And Hey, we're going with like a black woman. Like she had to kill the audition. Like, do you see that happening more or is it not really? I hope so. I haven't personally seen like a massive turn in my own personal career, but I do know I have seen, you know, some major strides being made. I mean, you look at the role of Mama Morton in Chicago. It was written for an old white lady. And then they had Queen Latifah come and absolutely kill it and knock it out of the park. So, I mean, this is what I'm saying when she was just somebody that's always inspired me. Like, and still to this day, you know, playing different characters and making her own way and in this business. And I think that's what's really inspirational to me. What about during COVID? I mean, we had not the best 2020. I don't think you did. (laughs) So talk to me about, you know, here we are in 2021. It's it's interesting. I guess it's a 1% better so far. It's something. (laughs) Yeah, it's something, but I'm not so sure how much better it really is. Um, So talk to me, June 2020. I mean, we have a Diana Ross TikTok moment where you come out. (laughs) I mean, you didn't think, I mean, you know, I mean, as a self-respecting gay man, you didn't think I was just going to skip over that in this little chat of ours. I know. I forgot that. I mean, I didn't forget that I came out. But I mean, as you said, you're not Tracy. This is this is more than just hairspray. I think that for me was that's when it really, um, like, I always knew that, obviously, because I was the person who played Tracy, and I'm living my life, but I think when I made that announcement, and I was like, that's when I really put the, the line in the sand between Tracy and I, and showed that I was different, and that this is my life, I'm a human, and I'm having my own experience, and so, yeah, that was a huge turning point for me in my own personal, like, journey, just as a, as a human. Were you nervous? And- oh, gosh, sure. Of course. Um, but I've, while I've, I've always, I'm always a little bit nervous, you know, just naturally. But I think if you're remaining true to who you are and putting your authentic self out there, like, that's the most important key component to being happy. And I just... I know that I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy because I just want to make other people happy. So it's like, you know, living my truth makes me happy. And so I decided to do a big old TikTok and dance, dance it out and announce it to the world that way. I mean, I do everything else, dancing and singing. Why not come out the same way? I was going to say, you're so like of the times, like you choose TikTok as your medium. (laughs) TikTok. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love that app. It's, it's fun. TikTok kind of, I kind of skipped over it. I'm not there. I tried. Are, are you on Clubhouse? 
no, my best friend is, and she's trying to get me to join and I won't do it because I'm like, I don't need another app. I can't, no, 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 not another one. I mean, I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. There's nothing I enjoy about it. I just (laughs) feel for what I do, I need to be on there and try to whatever. Isn't this sick that this is the world we live in, like where you you do things that you don't want to do? It's, yeah. I personally don't understand how it's going to work when the world opens. I mean, it's literally, it is cool that you can jump in. You can literally press with like, you can be in any conversation around the entire world. I don't know who wants to sit around and listen to a bunch of people talk or talk to them when the world is open and you're living your life. It's kind of a weird app, but people seem to like it at the moment. Yeah. It's also going to, it's going to be really um, interesting to see how comfortable people are jumping back into regular life, you know, because we've all spent so much time secluded on our own. And, you know, I know I have, and, um, I've never depended on myself more. It's like me, myself and I, you know, and, um, so I've definitely learned a lot, you know, during this entire time, as sure we all have about ourselves. So, I mean, on that note, you're currently single. I am. I'm single too. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I mean, that's what I say. I'm like, if I could survive being single in in New York City in a New York apartment during During the pandemic, yeah, I am. Um, I am okay. I mean, I was I was in culture shock in the beginning because I really was that person that was out like seven nights a week. Again, mostly for this job, this podcast. But once I got over that, I was like, I. I mean, I can do this. Yeah, I definitely miss you know the New York events, the red carpets, those were just so much fun uh, because they became like a big part of my world after the movie. And then, you know, to have, you know, it kind of stopped that, you know, I've missed it, but coming out to LA and starting fresh for myself and being on this, you know, personal journey, it's been really nice. It's been a very introspective and I've learned a lot. And you're going to stay in LA for the near future. Yeah. I think so. And are you going to try to date when the world opens? Or are you good are, are you good on the apps? Oh my gosh, the dating apps. Well, see, the, the hard part here, folks, is I call it dating while turnblad. It's not easy. Like, it just, it's, because it, people think they're being catfished. I can't tell you, like, like an incredible girl, like super sweet, thought she was being catfished. And I was like, no. No, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I actually am. I say, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they think it's a catfish, but it's it's not. Right, because they're just (laughs) like. like, Look, I'm a human. We we all need love. Like, come on. They're like, have you ever run into any, like, major hairspray fans on the apps? Because, I mean, I imagine, I mean, listen, so I have, like, a lot of housewives on my show. That's like, when I meet someone on the apps and they kind of, I get people to that like recognize me or whatever I mean a much smaller scale and then they just want to talk about housewives for days and I'm like this is not what I want to date I'd rather you have no idea yeah I'm like I don't want to talk about this (laughs) oh yeah I mean like I said earlier you know people I my some of my messages that like it would always cracks me up is like the kicking off point like how they start the conversation with me like if you're gonna start a conversation with me on a dating app and it's gonna start with Zac Efron it's not gonna end well for you no like we're not this conversation I'm not even gonna engage like I can't tell you how many people 
I'm like, oh my God, no, like stop. Like, I just want to talk about like regular life for one minute because that's the reality of my life is I live a very normal life, a very normal existence. Um, So, you know. And what do they do? They just start by saying like, tell us what Zac Efron's like, like what type of kisser is he? Oh gosh. Yeah. That's always one that they lead in and you know, they want to talk about, and while I want to talk about hairspray and it's a big part of my life, it's not like my current present life. So it's like, sure. I'll tell you about the whole experience, like what it meant to me, but like, we're not going to talk about hairspray every day. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that's usually, (laughs) if if we're in a relationship and like, you know, talk about the normal things that you talk about in a relationship. How was your day? Did I, you know, all that fun stuff. But that's, I never thought of that, that people would say, tell me about Zac Efron in like the first DM. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, do you see my mouth drops open? That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, I would love to say that some things still shock me, but they don't. They don't. People just have come at me all different, every which way from Wednesday. And I'm just like, I've heard it all. Thank you. Oh my God. So what's next for you as we wrap up? You're in LA. You're making it happen. As my earbuds fall out. Well, the next thing on my list is getting uh, getting headphones that fit in my little ears. That's the first thing on the to-do list. Mine are broken too. (laughs) Um, I just have super little, little tiny ears. They never fit in there. Um, But for me, you know, just remaining on my career path, um, you know, being involved in the projects that I'm developing and producing on my own and auditioning for and just, you know, just, I just want to continue to play impactful characters who mean something to people and mean something to me. That's good. You seem to love the business, which I think not everybody does after a while. I think they stay in it for the wrong reasons. I've, I've had an interesting journey. My journey with this business has not been like the normal journey uh, by any means, but it's been my journey. Um, and I think life is what you make it and what you make out of it. You get what you put out. And I just, as, as jaded or as tough and hard as this business can be sometimes, I always remember why I got into it. And that feeling of performing and that feeling that it gives me. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, uh, while there have been times where I've been like, am I doing the right thing, staying in this business? Yes. Yeah, because it it is, it's very much a huge, huge part of who I am. And I honestly don't get joy out of doing anything else. Like, sure, you know, another job, maybe like that you know, trying my hand at something new, sure, but I don't think as a career. Right. I mean, it's evident you love this. Yeah, I love it. Well, we will have to keep in touch. The next time I'm in, I'm in LA, we'll have to... Please, I'm supposed please. to be out there. I'm, I've, I've been slowly traveling, slowly. You know, everyone has like a different comfort. I mean, I've been to, I went away in November to the OC. I was in Vegas for a weekend. I'm going to Miami this weekend. It's not like I'm traveling the world. It's that, let me tell you, from someone, I don't know if you've flown yet, you're not, oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't feel any less safe. You're in a seat and it's like, in a way, more safe. Everyone, people do not take their mask off for a second. No. People are taking it really seriously. 
I've flown um, for two jobs during the quarantine and one to Virginia, one to LA. And it was, yeah, it was good to see that everybody was taking it very seriously and all messed up, but it was, it, it didn't feel much different um, yeah. because I, I, I spend my life traveling. I've been traveling for the past 14 years. So just That's used scary. to it by now. Well, we'll keep in touch. I will DM you on IG. Sounds good. Where can Stay everybody, away. and where can everybody find you so they can follow oh, you if yeah. they want? So you can follow me if you want. No pressure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nikki Blonsky. Of course, on TikTok at the real Nikki Blonsky because my name was taken. And, um, and then, of course, you can follow me on my podcast, Nikki Nights, which is on Spotify and, and YouTube and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, you keep up with me there. Before we go, last question. Do you love being a podcast host? I love it because it's so interesting for me to sit back and ask the questions, you know, and try, like we just talked about, trying my my hand at something new. You know, I never, you know, who am I to ask people questions? Well, well, that's the producer hat. You know, like people ask me, like, do you, and I'm like, no, I come up with everything myself. And people think with podcasting, you just turn on a mic and look pretty. You're like, honey, it's way more work than that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's super fun and I enjoy it because who knows, maybe somewhere down the line I could have my own show. Who exactly. Knows? Ricky Lake 2.0. Well, Ever- you know, while I do want to always like, you know, be in the same lane, I think it's super important just to follow my own personal path totally. in this business. But she definitely paved the way so thank you ricky keep in touch this was such a joy and i will be pleasure watching you on tiktok thank you so much i'll talk to you later sounds good bye bye thanks for listening to yet another episode of behind the velvet rope because without you listeners i would just be a crazy person with voices in my head and if you like what you hear Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.